0: So, I've been hearing so much Man United chatter, Bo, and it's becoming very disturbing because with the Glazers in control, who knows if it's Ole out? Maybe it's Arians in, and they'll just make him multitask.
1: <laughs> I guess, man. I mean, uh, you know, being around Bruce Arians for years, I, uh, you know, I feel like he's capable of a lot of things, and uh, he can. You know, pour more gasoline on the man you dumpster fire.
0: All right. So there's a lot of dead wood, um, ed wood, word to speak of in a latter part of this show. But you know where we always start off, and where I want to start this show is a very exciting match day two set of games that uh, we have to go through. And uh, really, we'll start with what happened Thursday with the strobe effect in Juarez. <laughs> Sound System FC Lawrence Scott, along with Bo Byerly and the stroke effect that we speak of is uh, FC Juarez, and 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 that'd be one of those stadiums I think we could get to sooner than later, Bo. Well, I've actually
1: been by it. I've really? I've been by the stadium. I was in Juarez uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, yeah, you know, I mean it's it's a good facility, especially for a team that uh, was promoted recently. I, I think it's a good facility, uh, and. Yeah, it was an exciting game to watch in that lovely facility.
0: Yeah, the Olimpico Benito Juarez, and uh, the goals are accented uh, by flashing lights, strobe effect.
1: You know, what's funny is, is Lawrence, we, we just chatted just for like a few seconds right before we started taping, and, and this was the game we both were like, man, that game was exciting because, I mean, it was, you know, eight goals. I mean, it was, it was back and forth. But we both said the same thing, or we're both thinking the same thing, because you're like, why do they turn the lights off? And it was the exact same thing I thought, too, when I saw the first goal, and I was like, oh my God, what happened? I mean, let's be honest, and and I've been to Juarez, and, and it is, you know, on the way up. It is not the, the, the most dangerous city in the world like it used to be, but, you know, you're still a little on edge, and you see the lights shut off, but I also started wondering the same thing watching college football this year, and I realized that teams have installed LED lighting, and when you install LED lighting, unlike the old lights that we're used to in stadiums, you can turn them on and off. If you turn off the old lights, it would take an hour for them to get back up to speed, and you know, it takes forever if you've ever been to a high school field or a practice field, and the lights come on, and they're weird colors, and they take forever to warm up, but now these stadiums have LED lighting, which means they can basically put on a light show at the drop of a hat, but when you're watching from home, it it takes a little bit to get used to because again, I was watching college football. Alabama installed these lights and the first time I saw it, I was like, What in the world is going on in the stadium? Then I realized, Oh, they have LED lighting now. So after a touchdown or when the band plays or something like that, they can basically shut off the main lights and you know, use the colored lights and that's what they were doing in Juarez. But yeah that with eight goals going, you, you finally start to realize, oh, yeah, this is an effect. This isn't a mistake.
0: Yeah, Puma's playing well, but uh, Juarez really rising to the occasion of that one. And that started all of Thursday action before Friday when, again, I don't know. What's with the machine right now? The, the Cruz Azul machine is not working at all. The gears have been grinded no. down here to start because San Luis, please, don't tell me.
1: San Luis, please. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Cruz Azul hasn't shown me much over the last six, eight months. Uh, Atletico San Luis, I mean, you know, that is a team that has decent ownership. I know you're not the biggest fan because of the uh, uh, Maradona and Mexico, but, you know, that's, you know, a a rivalry is a rivalry. And, and, you know, but...
0: It was thoroughly distasteful what they were doing, by the way. Yeah, but...
1: but You know, they also did it in the semifinal game, too. So um, I do have to say, though, that, that they have good young talent. They have some money behind that team. They have nice facilities. So, I mean, Atletico San Luis is not Veracruz, right? They're there to play. And much like Juarez did, these teams that have come into the league in the last two, three, four years, they're ready to play. And because of the quickness in which talent in Liga MX is quickly moved on to other leagues, you know yes you still have the perennial powerhouses in the Montereys, in the americas even in the in the uh, chiva system but you can have a young team you can be in the league 2 or 3 years and you can build enough talent to go out there get draws and get points go out and get wins and and uh, you know atletico proved that this weekend
0: yeah, Puebla takes down Atlas on Friday. And then Saturday, the day where those alternative jerseys, the third jerseys, were really on display and looking quite good. Uh, Marilia with that Seahawks look, that lime yeah. green, and um, a 2-2 draw you're, at Monterey and different tiers of
1: Mohamed. Yeah, different tiers of Mohamed, definitely. Yeah, Charlie is definitely getting uh, getting those third jersey sales in. I know they're loving that. You know, I mean— Monterey only scores off of penalties you know that that should tell you something they didn't actually score a goal you know they didn't actually put the ball in the back of the net during live play those were both penalties so you know is it just a hangover from the playoffs or you know are they maybe you know are they mortal I didn't see much. What I saw was a team that was very susceptible to a press. And in Liga MX, you have to get the ball out of the backfield because nine times out of ten, the team you're playing is pressing. And Monterey didn't do that. They gave up two goals. And then, again, the penalties were the only things that saved them. And those penalties were not a situation where the goal was almost guaranteed. Those penal- Both of those penalties, I felt like, uh, not that the penalty was in question, but the idea that it would have led to a goal was in question.
0: All right. So the uh, Fred Grandys and the goats, they come to a draw in Pachuca and we'll oh, leave that, was that an aside. It
1: 0-0 terrible. Now, but it was an exciting game because again, okay. the pressing nature, it, you, you feel that Chivas really wants to reestablish themselves as a, as a power. Uh, you can see it in their play. And, uh, Pachuca, with their amazing youth academies, is able to reload, and that game was great because th- both teams pressed constantly, and it was a 0-0 draw, but there were, there were great opportunities, and it wasn't that the ball stayed in the middle. The ball was in the attacking third on both sides for the entire game, which shows me that both of these teams are top-eight caliber teams.
0: Well, the final match on Saturday, the the nightcap, if you will, at Azteca Stadium, the Chargers game markings are still visible on the field. I don't even get me started. We're going heading toward the Super Bowl, and that's still the case. But the nice third jerseys really like that dark teal for the uh, crema and azul. It's 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 really it's a different color altogether. And then it's a one-nothing victory over Tigris, a, a nice rivalry there. Tigris didn't get the memo. And then Martin's baby bump, uh, the, this goal celebration, is this to it. be a trend? Because it it says I love something.
1: It. I, I, it, uh, I mean, what what it says is, is that, he, you know, America, we're still wondering who's staying, who's going, but Martin is there and he is making plays. And Ochoa as well in the back. You know, he's he's still a leader. He had a couple of incredible saves. And, you know, this team, if you can win 1-0 games in Liga MX, then you're going to go a long way because, as we know, teams are pressing and you don't get – it's not like possession football. You know, you watch possession football in Europe, mostly in the Premier League, and a goalie has time to rest. A goalie has time to think, you know. Liga MX, you don't have that. You have these teams pressing, and you have these teams playing such a quick vertical game that within seconds, three passes, the ball is right in front of the net. And so Ochoa, I think, had an amazing performance. He and, did. Uh, I, you know, they're coming off a playoff just like Monterey, but Club America seems to be ready to compete in the Clarosura, where I think Monterey definitely has the hangover.
0: Yeah, and Tigris did have some really good attempts at goal, and uh, their technical director, Dennis Farina, was exasperated uh, for much of the game. I-, I have to move now on to Sunday and set the stage by telling you yeah, I'm flipping back and forth between the NFL's championship games on Championship Sunday because at a certain point, you knew the Chiefs had it in the bag and it was time to see the end of Nacoxa, Toluca. I give Toluca a lot of credit. That is a beautiful beautiful stadium they have there very uh, we will protect this uh, you know stadium under armor feel to the whole thing but uh, a, a great feeling there and, and toluca giving nicoxa the business up until nicoxa takes the game uh in the latter stages and 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 that was an impressive oh, kiroga, game
1: Kiroga, yeah kiroga i mean kiroga two goals the one in injury time was was incredible but you know Alexis's goal, Doldan's goal, off the header, off the corner—it was such a quick play. It was—I mean, yes, goals are scored on headers all the time, but there was just something about the the quick movement, uh, bringing it to the near post like that. And I, I was—I was really impressed with how Nacoxa played. But I, was, like you said, I was impressed with how Toluca played. All of these games this weekend in Liga MX were competitive, except for maybe. The Cholos game where I maybe they didn't get the memo that it was time to play. I mean, Cholos got shut out uh, bad. But other than yeah. that, every other game this weekend was competitive and and fun to watch.
0: Yeah, Carataro looking uh, really strong in that one. Very athletic. Marcel Ruiz's goal was really quite nice. And I, I was kind of impressed with what that squad could do. Look like they could do later. I mean, I, I know they've got a win and a draw in their fifth in the standings right now, but I mean, I could see them being, you know, top five when it's all said and done. Maybe top four, top three.
1: Yeah, and then that nightcap, the the Santos game. You know, I the Kings of Leon, as you call them, they 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 were. I thought that that was their game. Uh, they did great in the first half little questionable on those penalties. You know, one of them for sure I, I, it was definitely a penalty. The other one I went back and forth on. Uh, but, you know, Santos gets the win. Santos gets the win, but the, the table is is kind of tricky. You know, there's nobody nobody who's played two games has won two games. So that puts teams like Nacoxa uh, in a good place and Club America because both of those teams with a win are going to put themselves at the top of the table. Uh, with the game in hand. And, you know, Guadalajara has not lost, which is good for them. That'll keep you out of the the bottom. That'll keep you in the top eight. But, yeah, you also have Atletico San Luis, and uh, they have a win and a draw, which means, you know, when you're only going to play 17 games, I know I say it over and over again, you only play 17 games, every win is huge. And as long as you can get some points you're making a case to be in that top eight.
0: Well, what's nice about seeing the silver-haired squadron of Santos, uh, and especially Brian Lozano, I know... Dude, the, wanna...
1: the, the look is... It's, it's something, man. They look like a boy band.
0: It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's quite cool, but it sets up a kind of interesting matchup as uh, Cruel Azul, uh, as I like to call them. I know it's Cruel Azul, likes to get... Off the Schneid at some point here, and Santos will put the pressure on on Saturday, but uh, before that, uh, the match that I really want to see is on Friday evening uh, Cholos hosting club america that that's some good prime time action and uh, I also look forward to seeing what Leon does in response while hosting Pachuca because uh, those are two teams that both need a win, and you mentioned uh, Chivas, they've got uh, Toluca in Guadalajara. So I I am looking forward to this coming week. I mean it, it's going to be great. On, yeah, on the, the Sunday matches, uh the nacoxa San Luis match looks good, but but uh, I like uh, we're in. This is match day 3 coming up and uh we're in this thing.
1: No, I think it's going to be I mean these all these matches, I mean with Veracruz now gone, uh every game is an exciting matchup. If if look, if watching in Spanish is just something you're You're not fully committed for, well, you know, watch the Fox Sports game because you're not going to get a bad game. There is no bad games in these groups. Like every game is going to be competitive, every game is going to be entertaining. I I guarantee you that ninety percent of the game is going to be press. You know, guys can't even get the ball out of the backfield. It's 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 great viewing if you're a soccer fan at all. Um, you need to be watching Liga MX. And if that means you have to watch it on Fox Sports, you know, watch it on Fox Sports, you know, and you'll find that you'll want to turn down the announcing even though it is in your native language of English. So, Hmm. um, no, we have a great weekend coming up. I mean, if I was to pick the Saturday games right off the bat, you know, I say that uh, Guadalajara, Santos, Tigres, and Pachuca win those games. But, you know, I don't see any of those being uh, just a, a... just a simple pick you know it could go the exact opposite way and i wouldn't be surprised you know the only game that i just see is just a real dog is well let me look i mean uh pueblo Caritaro, just because i just i, I just don't think anybody cares
0: fair enough and and what they do care about right now is seeing how the storylines build up and that is one where it's kind of like yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what that is now As we tape this on a Monday, that being January the 20th, as we celebrate the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. here in our country and uh, look forward to things on the other side of the pond in England, they will have a set of games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the Premier League that we will talk about on the other side along with the discussion about Man U and where things are as they're set to host Burnley on Wednesday. but. A lot to be dissected in the Premier League. And we'll throw some La Liga into the Sound System FC.
1: And welcome back to Sound System FC. Lawrence, it's time to take it across the pond. And let's get into that Premier League. And uh, Lawrence, you were just commenting about maybe the constant barrage of hate going towards Man You is undeserved.
0: It, it seems a bit ridiculous given that... They have spent more money than Liverpool, granted, in building a roster that has Louis Van Hall's fingerprints on it and a little shake of uh, Moyes and certainly a ton of the special one sauce on there as well. But now that Ole has taken the reins, all this Ole out stuff, it it just doesn't seem fair when you know Woodward is pulling the strings and the glazers are looking at this as an investment where they're making so much money in sponsorships that as long as the team's in at least Europa, it doesn't quite matter. And I think that's what's bugging hardcore Man U fans who feel like Liverpool and, you know, obviously Man City have taken a great deal of the shine away. And the joke when you talk to anybody about Premier League, it's like, well, you know, man, you will finish seventh. But that's not the case. They're in fifth right now. And while the Wolves are coming on strong, um, Man U... Played reasonably well for a good deal of that game against Liverpool. I mean, Van Dyke's going to do that stuff. He's going to tower over everyone, and and he's going to shut things down and get that header goal that he did. And I mean, that late uh, stoppage time goal from Mosala, you know. Nonwithstanding, what is Manu really expecting? You know, like for Pogba's not playing. No, it's it's, it's ridiculous injured.
1: because it's like it. To to bring it back to American sports, it's it's being a Notre Dame fan with Alabama expectations. Right? You know, mm. it, you, look, this is a legacy team, man you. It's the pressure is on because of what it has done, but it hasn't done much recently. You know, it hasn't done much in four or five years at least. Have they been, you know, the the power. So You know, I don't know if it's just something for people to talk about. Because I wonder if if true Man United fans step back and look at what they have to work with. I think fifth place is not bad. And honestly, Chelsea has not been playing well. I feel like if, you know, next month they have Wolves, then they have Chelsea. They win both of those games, or at least get draws. I, I think... You know, this Ole talk will always exist because until they're number one in the Premier League, there are people who wear the red who feel like that Man U should be at the top of the table. But the realistic fan of Man U knows that if they can break into that top four and get into Champions League, then Ole's done his job. He's he's done a lot better than the people in the past. So, you know... I agree with you, Lawrence. There needs to be a little bit more patience because, I mean, honestly, these aren't even his players. I mean, I I do think Paul Pogba is great. I think that if we didn't have the salaries attached to the names of the players, you know, a a player is worth what you're able to get him for. It's my same argument with, with Real Madrid when people are constantly dogging Gareth Bale. And I'm like, Gareth Bale is definitely the third best player on that team. And they're like, oh, but he costs so much money and da, 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 and he's this much a week. And I'm like, does it, does it really matter? If you're a fan of the team and you want the team to win, then you should support your third best player. Is Paul Pogba consistently one of the best players on the field for Man U? Yeah. So who cares how much he costs? It, it's soccer. They cost money. Players cost money. You overpay for some of them. Other ones you get, and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe we got that guy so cheap. But, you know, that's just the cost of doing business.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to tell you about the cost of not getting Hassenhutled, and that is a 3-2 to two win for the Wolves over Southampton, the Saints, and a uh, game at St. Mary's. There's a and, game
1: that two people care about. Okay, well, I'm one of the two,
0: <laughs> me and Nuno, okay? That That's how that goes, and and probably three, Ralph Hassenhutle included. But... Um, that was spectacular, and, and hats off to uh, Ralph Jimenez for becoming Wolves' all-time leading scorer in the Premier League. 23 goals, um, really awesome stuff for the Mexican national star Ralph Jimenez, and uh, let's keep him under the radar. Let's keep uh, Captain uh, Adama under the radar, because our corporal, in this case... Uh, the, the, uh, Adama Traore, I I consider him to be one of the best athletes in the world. I mean, some of the stuff he's been doing to set up some of the service, and and one day you and I are going to need to make like some t-shirts where we have like the triangle of soccer success, service, quality, fitness, and you know. But but all of that triangle is, is Adama Traore. But,
1: but I, okay, look. don't forget, don't for, don't forget, brave. Oh, what a brave, what a brave play oh there's such they're that'll such sit
0: in the players. middle of our triangle uh That's, while <laughs> wolverhampton
1: diagram <laughs>
0: hosts liverpool at the molyneux on thursday i'll leave that aside because that, that, that that'll be fun to watch but let's not start dreaming yet there there's some hardcore issues to dig into right now such as eddie howe and bournemouth hosting brighton and hove albion um H-to-the-o-v-e. And, uh, you know, it's getting a little dicey now. I mean, Bournemouth was nothing-nothing until Eddie Howe took over, and now it's, it's scary where they're sitting in the standings. That's a team that needs to come up because there's another game going on between two other teams in the relegation zone, Aston Villa and Watford, that will really matter in the end. And uh, Nigel Pearson has done a really great job coming in after uh, Kike, Kike. Uh, do you love me? Are you riding road out of town? But I, I I look at what is happening now is like the excitement is okay. Well, who's going to stay up and uh, Norwich made a case for themselves this past weekend. And, and this coming set of fixtures that are the Tuesday, Wednesday matches in the premier league are all going to play into this. It's, it's very, very dicey stuff for some of these teams. I mean, Everton cannot afford to lose. Uh, there's some teams no, that have kind of moved below- up the table that Any- it's, it's going to be great games too.
1: Yeah, anybody below Everton, I guess that includes Arsenal. So basically from 10 on down, you're a bad, you're a streak away from being relegated. I I don't see a world where Arsenal or Everton get relegated because I think that would, I, I just don't think that could possibly happen. However, I was wondering about this, Lawrence. Do you think because of our perspective of being American sports fans and people who have come to the idea of relegation, much later in life, if you will, because uh, our love for soccer has come much later in life. Do you think that relegation means more to us than it does to European fans who are, who are used to it? No, no, because like, no one wants to watch a- their,
0: their, their, their team. Like, like okay, West Brom. Like, it looked like it was a great season thus far. And, and they, they just lost to Stoke. Today, I mean, like, th- these are things that if you can't get back up into it, I mean, for Norwich, it's likely they'll fall out. OK, some people believe. But but if, if Norwich doesn't fall out, that means West Ham falls out. And, and it, it's not just the, the dynamics. I, I think it'd be crushing for some of these teams that could fall out to fall out. It's not Arsenal, I agree, and it's not likely Everton. Watford is playing a lot better. I would imagine Aston Villa would fall out sooner. But Bournemouth, that's an interesting one in this discussion because that's a squad that has been playing for a good decade now, kind of well above its expectations.
1: Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like, so they get relegated, then they come back in a year or two. You know, I just... I don't know because I was I, I was really thinking about this more when it comes to La Liga, and if if we have a second, we should switch over to, to uh, what's going on in La Liga. Let's do that
0: now. And, I mean, I think I've exhausted the Premier League discussion, so I mean, a full uh, tilt I'm over exhausted
1: the, with the Premier League, but stop, yeah, stop. I mean,
0: there's so many good matches coming up in the next 48
1: hours. But I mean, like, you know, look, you get uh, Ligue 1, uh, Espanyol. You know, you have teams at. I mean, Espanol, is a, a, you know, that is a a quality club. And you have them at the bottom of the table. Uh, Majorca, you know, if they get relegated, they were before, they just came up. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I just kind of see these like, I I don't know if it's the, the, for some reason in my mind, I had this idea of relegation, like SMU getting the death penalty. Like if you get relegated, then like you're done for a decade at least. And now I kind of look at it and say, like, all right, you can have a bad year, you get relegated, you have to come back the next year, and then, you know, you can build. I was reading a, a you know, ESPN.com actually had a, had an article kind of explaining, for those of you who don't know, the history behind RB Leipzig, which it doesn't actually stand for Red Bull Leipzig, but is sponsored by Red Bull, and there's, there's, much uh, to be made of how this team grew and it grew through a sponsorship of Red Bull and it came up from the fifth division of Germany all the way to the top division to the Bundesliga and and it's now in Champions League and you know it made me really think about the fact that with money and patience and a little bit of luck you can turn a team from a third fourth or fifth division team to a top team in Germany and so that tells me that You know, if that can happen, then I think these teams that are not, look, they're not Madrid, they're not Barcelona, they're not Atletico, like once you're not one of the just the legacy teams, as I like to call them, then relegation is something that happens and something you don't want to happen, but it's not the death sentence that I think sometimes we have this idea in our head that it is.
0: So it's more like going through a bad divorce as opposed to becoming terminally ill?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I kind of wish we had relegation. I mean, of course, I always say we need relegation in the MLS, but I kind of wish we had relegation in other sports in the United States, because I kind of like the idea that getting to the game, getting to the league, getting to the show is part of the show. There's something more to it than just the champion. And you've been talking about this when it comes to the Premier League, like, Okay, Liverpool's going to win, but we have all these other interesting storylines, and so we don't need a playoff to make the entire season interesting. The entire season can be interesting because we're like, well, who's going to be in the top four? Who's going to get relegated? And I think the same is true with La Liga because, I mean, right now Barcelona and Madrid are running away with it. Atletico stumbled this weekend. They're still my favorite against Liverpool in the first round of the uh, round of 16 in the Champions League, but... Atletico stumbled, Sevilla, no more Chicharito. They don't seem to care, but that's odd to me, too, because I I don't understand Chicharito. I I mean, at West Ham, he was good. He's still a very good soccer player, and Sevilla was just kind of like take him or leave him. And I I just don't see – I I don't know what's going on with Sevilla. Like, they do things, and you're like, oh, that's actually a pretty good team. And then you see them play, and – you're like oh well actually maybe they're not that good of a team and 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 they're they're really confusing they sit at fourth they they probably will get into the Champions League but you have like you know Diego Carlos and you know Nolito I see these players and I'm like yeah they're good players but what am I missing here like why wasn't Chicharito a better fit for them uh and then Valencia has become the tottenham kind of dumpster fire where you're <laughs> like okay this team has the players and they get quality wins but then they lose games that they have to win or they lose games that they should at least get a draw out of i mean at this point you know get is a win away from being third hmm. it's been a it's been an interesting road in, in la liga um the middle table teams, I mean, the middle of the table is almost the entire league. I mean, you have Barcelona and Madrid up top running away with it. And then everybody else is kind of, and then the other 18 teams are just kind of like toiling in the waters trying to figure out, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a win streak away from qualifying for the Champions League and you're a losing streak away from being relegated. And that's pretty much everybody other than Atletico and Sevilla.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, a couple of housekeeping notes before we uh, wrap things up here. Uh, One, because of all the Man U talk that we don't usually do, let's title this show Manning Up at Man U. And um, one note about your RB Leipzig comment about how it's a team that kind of rose from these bottom ranks and have made noise in the Bundesliga. I got to tell you, you must remember of recent years who made the most impact there as the manager, Southampton's Ralph Hassenhudl. Uh And... The, <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I'm watching uh, some of those League of X games and it was probably the FS2 broadcast of uh, the, the game that was on last night, Leon and Santos uh, Santos game. yeah, and uh, they're promoting MLS like into February. I mean we're just like really a matter of weeks away from the MLS being back and it just seems like we crowned the champs in Seattle so uh, it's it, it's churning quickly, but in that case it's weird because the seasons don't match up. We've talked about that before, but just housekeeping notes here. MLS season is coming relatively soon. And then that All-Star game against uh, League MX to come at uh, the LAFC Stadium, Bank of California Stadium. So uh, big things ahead. Again, the thing that I guess... I'm most excited about right this very second is seeing how this Closura 2020 starts to take form because those are some great stories and I'm just glad on this show that we're leading with that consistently.
1: Yeah, I mean there's plenty of guys who talk about the Premier League, um, but there's not a lot of guys who talk about Liga MX in English. So we've, we've found a niche, hopefully we're finding an audience and we do appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen.
0: So a lot of fun things that we love covering on this show, and thank you for downloading this show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play. Great stuff in the weeks to come right here as you subscribe and let your friends know as well. For Bob Byerly, I'm Lawrence Scott, and this is Sound System FC.